You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I feel like who art Ed? Try to spice it. Mr. Woodhart and me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and. As we wrap up season three of the podcast with our annual Arts Madness Tournament, I thought it might be nice to put out a few just short special episodes each week talking about some of the interesting matchups that are happening in the tournament. This week we have voting open for round one. Voting will be open until Saturday, March 5th, 2022. And we have 32 different matches happening. Now, while I did randomly sort the artists into brackets, I put all 64 names into a spreadsheet and then simply did a random sort to determine the placements, I have found there are some interesting matchups and interesting commonalities among some of the artists. For example, one of the matches I am really watching and just dying to see the results of is Frida Kahlo versus Diego Rivera. For those not familiar, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera were husband and wife, and during their lifetime, Diego Rivera was probably the more prominent artist. Although in more recent times, I would say Frida Kahlo has probably been eclipsing his fame. Curious to see where our voters put the two of them, and who was going to come out on top of that matchup. Either way, by this time next week, a great artist will have been knocked out by his or her spouse. Another interesting match I noticed was Christo and Jean-Claude versus James May. Part of what I find interesting about that matchup is both of the works are arguably installation pieces, creating a little bit of a surreal experience and a little bit of just fantasy or wish fulfillment. James May said since he was a small child, he dreamed of living in a Lego house. And he brought that dream into reality by enlisting a number of volunteers and I believe a millions of Legos, but he built a two-story house that he could stay in. Now, I guess sometimes the lived experience is not always up to what we would have hoped for in our childhood fantasies. James May said that staying in that Lego house on a Lego bed was exactly as uncomfortable as one might expect to sleep on a hard sheet of unyielding plastic. Of course, 
the artwork, the installation that transformed a space and does have a little bit of yield to it was the subject of my most recent podcast episode on Christo and Jean-Claude. Now, that piece, The Floating Piers, transformed the small lake, Lake Iseo, in Italy. The fabric bridge floating just at or slightly above the surface of the water would move with the movement of the water and with every step that a person took, giving people the sensation of walking on water. In that matchup, both artworks were making the world a little bit more of a magical place, so I guess it's all going to come down to which dream was shared by more of our voters. Another matchup I would point out with an interesting commonality is Rodin versus Bearden. Now, Auguste Rodin's sculpture of the Burgers of Calais is a tribute to heroic figures from the Hundred Years' War, um, towns leaders who offered to sacrifice themselves to save their fellow citizens in, in the city of Calais. And Romir Bearden's work is also sort of an epic, historical, but literary-inspired piece, as Romir Bearden was inspired by the voyage of Odysseus, because he wanted people from any time and any place to be able to see themselves reflected in those traditional narratives, the great works of literature, and those archetypal figures like Odysseus. In another interesting coincidental matchup, when I look at Robert Rauschenberg versus Phil Hansen, I'm struck by the fact that both of them are essentially focusing on the act of destruction as an ironic form of creation. Robert Rauschenberg, of course, gave us Erased de Kooning from 1953 that leaves us to wonder and contemplate what was on that page, what masterpiece was lost to the ages. Phil Hansen, on the other hand, was working with a guitar that he smashed and then reformed the pieces to create an image of Kurt Cobain that he then smashed again, leaving behind nothing but the video of that performance and the act of creation and destruction for us to think about the nature of art and being and sort of how ephemeral and fleeting it all is. And so I guess with that matchup, we're left wondering, what is the better version of that art and the idea of creation through destruction? And finally, because I do want this to be a mini episode just to highlight a few of the matchups, I'm going to point out just one final interesting connection, and that is the matchup between OK Go and Klaus Nomi. And both OK Go and Klaus Nomi are arguably pop artists, pop performers, and performance artists. Klaus Nomi was part of the new wave movement of the late 1970s, early 80s, and his song, Nomi Song, was constantly asking to be seen and to be validated for who he is. What I find interesting is OK Go has definitely made a name for themselves. They are seen and appreciated for who they are and their creativity and innovation, particularly in their music videos. And in their performance of The One Moment, we see 
another sort of existentialist piece, getting at those essential questions, thinking about how we can be appreciative and present in the moment and see the beauty of the fact that things are transient and to be fully in that scene and engaged in that scene for that one moment. I find it interesting that both of these are performance artists of very different musical styles and different visual styles, but both getting at some of the essential questions and needs that are really timeless and universal, as both of these videos were created about 40 years apart. Now, those were just a few of the matchups that I find interesting and I'll be watching for in round one. But I would encourage you to express your opinions about every single matchup. All 32 of them are up on the website, www.whoartedpodcast.com. And I have podcast episodes embedded on the website for every single one of the artists in this year's tournament. So you can learn more about whatever artwork and artists you're curious about. And of course, please make sure you check back again next week and see which artists make it into round two and vote in the next round's matchups. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.